0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlon, I'm joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. And we're breaking down, essentially, the end of the JMU Sports season. I think there might be like an individual track and field performer still, still kicking, but for the most part,
1: Everybody's done. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Bet online is always your sports information destination. We have you covered for all of your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right down to UFC and boxing even golf. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from the comfort of your couch on your phone. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Use your mobile device too. Just head online to BetOnline.ag and get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE when you sign up. That's promo code B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you want to get started with a $100 first-time deposit, they'll hook you up with $50 free dollars. Use promo code BELIEVE. Bet online. That's where the game starts. Yeah, it's kind of a sad... This is the sad part of the, the, the calendar. Sports are done. Baseball's wrapped up. Normally, we have softball to lean on and like a super or something, but... Uh, that's not in the in our cards this year. We'll break down probably a little bit of track and field while talking like weird football predictions uh, over this this summer. We have a few content pieces coming over this summer. We're going to uh, rank the top five quarterbacks in JMU history. I'm going to try and do that. I've had a lot of people. I'm still I'm still finalizing how I'm going to do it. I've had like four or five different like thoughts on how I was going to do it. I was going to like create a formula and value wins and passing yards Ooh. a certain amount. And then postseason success would be a certain value. Then I was just going to go off of eye test. But the last time I did eye test, I got destroyed on Twitter. and it was called <laughs> a, a, a disgrace to the university. So I don't know if I want to do the eye test again. Uh, we'll have uh, the re-ranking of the top athletes in JMU history yes. as well coming down the pike. Uh, so a lot of great stuff coming. But unfortunately, I think this will probably be our last podcast podcast and then we'll go to probably like a once every other week type of vibe uh and then maybe emergency pods if you know yeah. Kurt Signetti gets hired to go coach West Virginia or something <laughs> In like August <laughs> yeah it'll it'll be a slower summer
0: but exciting times to to regroup and get ready for football but before then
1: plenty to talk about what do you want to start with so we have we have a few things we can start with today we can go baseball um, The Curious Case of JMU Baseball will be that segment. We could go women's tennis, quick newser on that. Uh, or we could go quick lacrosse and then dive in and save baseball for the last. I'll I, let like you steer the ship.
0: I like that. I like tennis, lacrosse. Baseball? Baseball. Yeah, we'll finish with negativity. Yeah, so tennis, they've lost their head coach, Shelly. And I, I'm J'don. really- Jadon, yes. If Once I hear it, I can do it right away, but then
1: I <laughs> same, don't hear same. It, I've been hear yelled it. at by Dom way too many times for messing that name up, which is a shame because she is arguably in her time since coming to JMU the best, if not the second best coach behind Shelly Clays.
0: Yeah, I think JMU announced so she's taking the job at Kentucky, uh, so losing the tennis coach to Kentucky, which is tough, women's tennis coach. Because she had so much success, Jamie is gonna begin a national search immediately for a new head coach. Have to think that starts with, with people named Shelly, given
1: <laughs> the success. Shelly. You gotta think the national search is gonna start in like Hawaii or Alaska and they're gonna work backwards too. Because
0: <laughs> what the- yeah, born I- born starts far out and then over time <laughs> months later he'll get geographically <laughs> closer.
1: I love there. when they say we're gonna start a a national search, like okay. I wasn't expecting you to do like the Valley only. Yeah. So I kind of expected that, but at the
0: same time, like you probably got some pretty good options nearby, I would guess. I don't know. We'll see what they end up, end up doing, but they were awesome. They were awesome the last few years. So uh, hopefully they can keep that going. And, uh, obviously congrats. Jamie has had a pretty solid history here recently of coaches moving on to some bigger jobs, some power five jobs. Mickey Dean comes to mind. Kenny Brooks right. Leading Virginia tech women's basketball to a final four. So interested to see what Kentucky does under her watch.
1: Yeah. And she goes back to the sec. She was at Alabama. I believe she played tennis there uh, at Alabama. Um, so it will be interesting to see kind of her career trajectory uh, going from J Well, started in middle, middle Tennessee, then went on to JMU and now is in back in the sec with Kentucky. So uh, maybe trying to prime her way to get back to Alabama or something along those lines, but oh. great for her to, to move on. And, uh, I think we've talked about it, but especially like with football and stuff like that, I think JMU needs to view themselves as that stepping stone. And I think if they can lean into that baseball, uh, things can get really exciting for a lot of these teams.
0: Yeah. I think there was somebody who commented, um, I don't remember exactly who, but they commented, like, it's kind of stinks to be a stepping stone, but at the same time, it's like shows they're doing things well in regards to like transfers and coaches. Yeah, And I think the crazy thing is like most places are stepping stones. Like if like, if um, if Alabama, like, if Nick Saban retires and uh, they offer Lane Kiffin the head coaching job, he would leave. He would go SEC to Alabama. Like, there's very few programs that aren't, like, in a way, a stepping stone. It's like the Alabama, the Ohio State, some of these top tier. And then if you look at, like, certain baseball programs, uh, obviously sports have different, like, powers and stuff. So it's not crazy that JMU is a stepping stone, but I also think there are coaches that enjoy staying there for a long time, like Shelley Clays has been here, maybe longer than she could have been, right? <laughs> like, she easily could have left for a, a new gig by now if she wanted Yeah,
1: to. Morgan, the field hockey coach as well, has been here since, like, 1992.
0: Yeah, she won a national title, left, and then, like, came back. And it's like, okay, like, I imagine her national title pedigree and putting JMU,
1: like, within the top 25. If she wanted to, she could <laughs> yeah. leverage it into something else. For sure. Bigger. Um Moving from there into lacrosse lacrosse season is done a fantastic final game final score. Um, I think it makes it a little bit more lopsided than I think it kind of was, but at the same time, it was kind of a lopsided game. Uh, they fell to Syracuse in the quarterfinals, 13 to seven. They went on kind of this, their, their, their goals came in bunches. They mm-hmm. went for like a 20 minute scoreless streak after opening up a one, nothing lead. And then Syracuse built up a four, four, one lead. They went on a four goal explosion with two minutes left in the first half. They were up one and then Syracuse hung like three goals in two minutes to take a two goal lead into the halftime break. And then JMU just really wasn't able to get anything going until late into the fourth quarter. And at that point it was kind of too little, too late. So they ended up falling by six. It was kind of a four goal game for much of the second half, but I mean, quarterfinals, that is a fantastic way for the season to go. They were kind of, very dark horse national title contenders we were holding on to hope but they were essentially you know I mean they were there for a half and then wheels Mm kind of came off in the third quarter a bit got them back in the fourth quarter so if you think they play a really well-rounded you know full I don't know how long a lacrosse game is 60 minutes I think it's 60 yeah those the sports always change on me uh but like if they played a full 60 minutes you imagine they maybe have gone to carry North Carolina tomorrow and play tomorrow um in the final four but they didn't and i think they're reloaded for next year if isabella patter peterson decides to come back um they'll probably in this be in the same exact spot
0: yeah they should be loaded assuming peterson does come back she's got eligibility left they lose some key players Cap Buchanan in goal may read durkin is awesome defensively so yes. there's lizzie fox is pretty good in the midfield so they're losing some players but they return a ton and they're they're pretty much you know they're good every year. Like they just sort of reload, they recruit well, which should only kind of get better if, since they've been so nationally relevant here. If you're a women's lacrosse player in high school and you're good, like yeah. you imagine they're kind of on the radar. So I think that's exciting. It sort of seemed like draw controls were the yeah. one area that that got them, like in the postseason, even in the, the AAC title game loss to Florida, they were kind of getting dominated in the draw control. So that's one, if they can sort of develop there and keep getting better. And some of it is like, I think Maddie Epke did a lot of it. She's a true freshman who was handling yeah. a lot of the draw controls and was pretty good throughout a lot of the season. I think it's when you get to like top five caliber teams that maybe there were some, like she was losing a few competitive draw controls, but you imagine over the next few seasons, she would only get better. I think they're prime for more success would be my guess.
1: Yeah. And the draw controls really, it was the Maryland game. They got down four goals because yeah. they couldn't, get a draw control. And then all of a sudden they kind of flipped the script. And that's when they were able to rattle off that comeback, put up five unanswered, and win that game by one against Syracuse. I think they were getting beat by like, I think Syracuse was up like 10 one in the draw control to start the game, something insane. And then all of a sudden, Jamie started to get a few back and that's when they started scoring goals. Crazy concept. When you have the ball, you can score goals. Uh, but yeah, overall fantastic season. I'm, I'm very excited. And when your offense is averaging like 13 goals a game and, if Peterson comes back, your star is averaging more than a hat trick each game. Not to diminish anything Kate Buchanan's doing, but I think you can afford if You don't need necessarily a first-team All-American like right. Kate Buchanan <laughs> right. is. Uh, that just is a little cherry on top of the cake. But uh, I think this team's poised for a lot of greatness.
0: I think so, too. I'm fascinated to see how the program kind of develops. They, don't, they didn't have anyone on the roster as a transfer. I don't know if, like, women's lacrosse doesn't have the most active – portal but it it seems like with so many other sports being kind of a a destination for transfers it seems like it's interesting that the spring sports maybe less than some other sports and there's some exceptions right with like Alyssa humphrey being a pretty big important part of the softball team but i'm interested to see how the uh the portal impacts those spring teams in the next like three to five
1: years yeah baseball transfer season gets fun it really does if they can land some of those so it's transfers maybe they can land a new coach Time, time to get into it. You, you start us off. You lay the table. Okay. You, you set the table. I don't know why I said lay the table. You I'll set the, the table, table here, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just take it wherever our minds take us on this because we have to get to the bottom of the curious case of JMU baseball. Let's
0: try to keep opinion out of it here for, for setting the table. Thirty-one and 25, 15 and thirteen in regular season conference games. Then one and two in the conference tournament. They had. A, an opening win over Old Dominion, an elimination game. They pitched really well, 1-2-1. to um, Kind of overwhelmed by Southern Miss, which I don't think is is too much opinion there. I think that's kind of how the game went. Um, they threw, who's their starters? At Will Hall? Tanner Hall, sorry. Tanner Hall. He's, I think, was the Sunbelt Pitcher of the Year. Threw a complete game, three hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts, no walks. Dude was mowing them down. Really impressive stuff from Southern Miss. Uh, and then they they play App State in another elimination game Thursday, kind of a roller coaster game. It it went back and forth, pretty competitive game, fun game. They end up losing eight to seven, gave up some late runs, made a push there, and then App State had a leaping grab, like at the warning track. Um, I think it was Kyle Novak hit a, a fly ball to left field. Great catch by the App State left fielder. Ends the game with runners who, if, if the ball gets down, you're scoring at least one, maybe two, maybe going to win. doesn't matter. Um, they lose that they end the year 31 and 25 they did a lot of the damage which we'll get into against quad four teams they had losing records qu- against quad one quad two quad three quad one i think was one and nine after the southern miss one they were 11 and 12 if i'm not mistaken with the latest one in quad two and then they had a weird gap where they like didn't play quad three and played a ton of quad four so it was like one and two quad three and then 18 and two Quad four. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's also, I guess, so that was this year, right? So maybe they exceeded some belt expectations. It was the eighth year of Marlon Eikenberry. They're 184 and 184, which is crazy. Under Marlon Eichenberry, <laughs> they have a 12-game under 500 conference record dating back to the CA, and this one year of the Sun Belt. Um, and then in his career, he's four and 17 dating back to VMI in conference tournament games. So he's never won a conference tournament. He's never finished um, first that's in the regular season. He's never made an NCAA regional in 19
1: seasons. I He's never finished than better James. than third in a conference. Yes, that's true. These are, be- okay, so we'll focus on, on this year first, right? They were 13 and 23. You mentioned it against quad one, quad two, quad three. They finished the year, yeah, with a winning record in conference play. Yeah, they finished mm-hmm. with over 30 wins, 31 wins. But let's be honest, 18 of those are by against quad four teams. That's not good. More than 50% of your wins this season came against terrible non-conference teams. And then you kind of make the year look a little bit better with a 15 and 13 mark in conference play. You still lost a series against Coastal, who I know Coastal is a ranked team. But if you want to be considered kind of that top tier, middle top tier of the Sunbelt I don't know if you can necessarily lose a series at home against coastal. Maybe I'm being too, too mean, but you lose a series against South Alabama. You go two and one against Georgia state. That's cool. Southern miss blows you out and run rules. You, you sweep Louisiana, but Louisiana's in a down year. I'm just going through the the schedule. Like Mm -hmm. you lose the series against app state. You never win back to back series until the final uh, two weekends, final three weekends of the series. But like, you win two of your final three, but that's it. Like, I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense. It, it it wasn't a great year. You didn't beat consistently the top half of the league. You just beat up on the bad teams. ODU is coming off of a really good CUSA 2022, but this 2023 team was underperformed by every single yeah. metric. They were high. There were high hopes for him coming into the season but they just didn't live up to it. Cool. You beat them in a single elimination game. You already had destroyed them 25 to six in the early in the year. By the way, you couldn't win that series because you lost eight to five on Sunday if you had won that game against ODU, you're not in that play-in game. Then you go against Georgia Southern. You go one and one on the doubleheader. The media, everyone around this team, is pounding their chest that this team is so much better than we expected. They went one and one in a doubleheader, and then they couldn't win on Sunday, so they had to play in that play-in game. You had three different opportunities to not play in that play-in game, and you couldn't get a win.
0: Yeah, that's true. They had they had a lot of opportunity. I think. The thing that's interesting, so for more setting of the table, they um, they signed Eikenberry to a two-year deal last offseason. So this was the first of the two years. Uh, Jeff Bourne did a media availability on, it was like the 18th of May. So this is before the Georgia Southern series and before the Sunbelt tournament. And he said he was pleased with baseball because he was worried going into the year that they were not going to be able to hold up in Sunbelt play. So he sounded relatively pleased. Again, this is before, I think going into that series, they were the sixth seed, which would have been a, not playing in that first elimination game.
1: And not having that, to face Southern Miss.
0: That Yep. If you're the six, you would have gotten, um, it would have been an App State spot where they played Troy and almost beat Troy in that like first non-elimination game. Um, I think Coastal and Southern Miss are kind of rolling through right now. But it's, it's one where you want to avoid those teams as long as possible. And obviously, some of it's out of your control. But if you find ways to win, they would have. Uh, avoided as the six at least heck if you if
1: you sweep odu and then you can go two and one against georgia southern you might be i don't know how the standings completely shook out but you may have been in contention for that five seed depending on how close to that yeah like carry on sorry
0: yeah no that's that's all correct um it's just interesting because he he was pleased with baseball but then baseball lost for the final six um i I don't think that would make him more pleased with baseball, like dropping down the seating and then not being able to really advance deep into the conference tournament. I don't think he's going to move on from Ikenberry because of the two-year deal and the fact that they return. I think it's um, the, from pitching standpoint, it's like the six top guys in terms of innings pitched. And then you have like Fenwick, Trimble and some other important hitters. So my guess would be he gives him another year, which would be his ninth season. The way I kind of view it, is that he has to make the NCAA tournament next year, or I'm really confused as to what they're doing. If you can go a decade without making it and then be renewed your contract, to me, that's, that's way too low expectations. And I think that maybe the most important thing that I would like to say today is that all these, there's a subsection of fans that were like amped that, that Jamie would exceeded Sunbelt expectations. Isn't that kind of the problem? Like Jamie was picked to finish tenth in the Sun Belt. I think they finished a game out of tenth. Yeah. Maybe but, it was like maybe it was more. I think it was a game because it's the same in the win column and then two in the loss column, which I think that'd be a half and a half. I think it's a game. So a game ahead of Old Dominion, like one of those regular season games goes the other way, or or whatever or something happens and you're maybe you're tenth. So they were not like way above tenth. They finished in the middle of the pack beat up on bad non-conference teams, really struggle against NCAA tournament caliber teams. I just don't, like, how is that a win in eight years? Like, maybe it was, a, like, better than you thought. That's kind of the problem. If in the eighth year of a coach, you don't think they could finish in the middle of the pack yep. in a conference they're joining, when every other program went into the Sun Belt and was like, hey, like, we're here and we're a force now, at least for the most part of every other program,
1: I would say. Men's basketball, Going into the last two weeks of the season, had an opportunity to win the Sun Belt. Yep. Women's basketball won the Sun Belt. If it wasn't for the postseason ban, football would have been in the Sun Belt championship game. Yep. Lacrosse,
0: Women's tennis played in the championship, and yep. soccer played in the championship. Lacrosse won the AAC, <laughs> right? Like there was a, I think Noah Noah Fleishman of the DNR tweeted, who I accidentally un- followed on Twitter the other day and then refollowed immediately. Uh, my apologies, but he, um he tweeted, I think I retweeted it. Yeah. He tweeted like every team's record winning percentage and then their finish. And it was just super impressive where it was like men's basketball. They did get to the semis and like played pretty well. They were what 12 and six in conference, which is pretty darn good. Women's tennis got to the final softball had a down year, but was like kind of still on the same level as baseball being like a top hundred RPI team. That was just in the middle of the sunbelt. And that's like a big time down year. But they also have, like, a true freshman recruit that we've talked about in Kirsten Fleet that's supposed to be a superstar. And they have a they freshman KK on.
1: Mathis who's, they, like, like, going to
0: be – they're going to be good. They're going – they're very close to being, like, a Sunbelt contender with Louisiana, which is playing in a super regional. Um,
1: it's, Posting it's a super regional.
0: It's just hard to see, like, all these teams – Competing at a really high level. And then baseball, which I think both of us think is very important to JMU for the Valley because of what the Sunbelt, like how it values baseball, to have a team that's just average every year and be like, oh, wow, look at how good they
1: are. They're not that good. If this was Eikenberry's second season, heck, his third season, I would be like, I love the trajectory of this team. It looks like they are taking the next steps. They are going He's taking them to a place. This is his eighth year. He is going into next season as his ninth year at the helm of JMU. It'll be his, what, 20th year as a coach overall since going back to VMI. Never has gotten to a regional. And I'm not saying it's easy to get a regional. Like, you do have to win a postseason conference tournament. But, like, he doesn't have close to a winning record in the postseason. He doesn't have a winning record at JMU. He is aggressively average. He's below 500 in his conference play. And and the CAA and Sunbelt are, are kind of similar conferences. And the fact that they're very top heavy and they kind of trail off pretty significantly as you get to around the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth team. And JMU couldn't beat up on the bad teams in that conference. They really couldn't beat up uh, on the Sun Belt lower portion of the conference. And the fact that like, We're sitting here saying, yeah, exactly what you said. This was a good year. Why does baseball get this pass each and every year? If this was football, we would be calling for his job. You mentioned this. Kurt Signetti lost to Sam Houston. There was a Twitter space within an hour of that game finishing saying, fire Kurt Signetti. Like, Why is that the standard for football? But for baseball, it's, oh, good job, boys. You'll get him next year. Good job. I love the trajectory. We've had the same freaking trajectory for the last eight years. This man has coached Kevin Kelly, who is in the major leagues. You have Nick Robertson, who is on the cusp of making it as a reliever in the Dodgers organization into the show. You've had so many guys get drafted. You had a top, what was he, a top 10 pick last year in DeLauder. He was, he
0: was first round, right?
1: You've had talent come in. So like, what's, where's the disconnect? And at this point, you've shown me, you can get the talent in. You had four guys, this, excuse me, six guys this season with a hundred at-bats or more that had an on-base percentage of 400 or higher. Your offense is there. You've brought in the talent. You've had years where your pitching staff was elite near the top of the CAA. You've had individual pitchers that have been the best, if not one of the best pitchers in your conference, and you haven't been able to put it together. That tells me the issue's not recruiting. The issue is coaching. This is so reminiscent of men's basketball. Lewis Rowe brought in, Matt Lewis brought in all of these really high-end players, Dwight Wilson, and he just couldn't win. To me, that says coaching is the problem.
0: It's just like I don't know it's hard to they returned some key pitchers and some key hitters and stuff and I know some some fans are like I don't know if you can't move on because people might leave for the portal they had 21 pitchers pitch this year one of them had a sub four era like you're not gonna win in the Sun Belt if you don't have like an ace or like reliable relievers like it's you need more pitching depth you need more hitting depth so like he's He's definitely made some recruiting inroads it's like he's got to do more of it but it's also how the heck is he supposed to do more of it when you give him these little contracts like That's if you're a part. baseball player in a family who does any like tiny bit of research on a school you're probably going to look into the coach and look into the contract especially in a sport like college baseball which is kind of a little less power five hobby like there is the stepping stone stuff but there's also dudes will just like lead a program for like three decades even though it's not a power five team And they're like yep that's my job like i like the area i recruit while we win it's cool like it's what i do
1: we make a regional every three years like that yeah that 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 should be jamie's goal honestly
0: yes and you could have like if you're i don't know like dallas baptist that coach seems pretty happy like i think at some point that dude turned down like baylor's job like it's just kind of a weird sport in terms of how coaches view things and it's one like if you can go somewhere like there where they have stability and a coach they trust who looks like he's staying in place maybe more so than other sports even it's weird to look at JMU and be like wait Bourne gave him a one-year extension after the 2020 season he gave him another one-year extension after the 2021 season and then he gave him a two-year extension after 2022 it's like he just keeps doing like these little trials to see how they'll do. And they're kind of the same team every year with a limited sample size because of COVID in two of those years. But it's, I don't know what he's expecting. Bourne's expecting in terms of like them to, to get it going, but they're going to have to like make a regional and then give them a longer term deal. That would make sense for recruiting and the long-term stability, stability
1: of the program, or they
0: just need to move on.
1: So since he got that one year extension, Out of 2020, which I think we both kind of agreed. Okay, COVID was a weird year. Give him one more year type Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, He went two and eight against quads one through three, nine and nine against quad four. Uh, Mind you, that was Chase DeLotter. That was when Chase DeLotter was at his height. That was when Chase DeLotter didn't get hurt. So you're playing with one of the best players in the CAA. You go two and eight against quads one through three. 2022, he gets another one-year extension. They go nine and 18 against quads one through three. Uh, they finished that year off. Uh, he gets a two-year extension, and he goes 13-23 and 23 against quads one through three, and we mentioned it at the top. We've mentioned it a few times. Uh, really bad against tournament teams. Not great against RPI top 100, and got 58% of their wins this season against quad four.
0: Can I read you a Jeff Bourne quote from after the two-year extension and get your reaction? Hit me baseball has been a challenging sport to evaluate over the course of the last two or three years every sport has been impacted by COVID and the overall unique circumstances we've navigated but baseball is so rooted in day-to-day routine and repetition which became completely disrupted what? for over two years huh th- th- this year there are so many bright spots early in the year that would be the 2022 season yeah
1: non-conference which before, the, before the team
0: became decimated by injuries to key players Marlon addressed some challenges during
1: Uh, his tenure. What? No, 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 no. Your job as a coach is to deal with injuries. (laughs)
0: Marlon addressed some challenges during his tenure and positioned the team for success before the rug got pulled out. As we transition to one of the nation's top baseball conferences in the Sun Belt, we look forward to Marlon's potential to recover from these last few years and keep
1: building upwards. So this was, this was, he was talking about 2022, the rug getting pulled out from under them. Yes. I
0: think it was referring mostly to DeLauder missed the end of the season.
1: I mean, they weren't good to start the year either. They lost one against Quinnipiac. You got swept against number 11, Florida State. You got swept against number 10, Tennessee. You lost a series against Moorhead State. You went two and one against Winthrop, the third game on Sunday. it took you 11 innings to win. That's just, the start of the year. What, what, what rug got pulled out from under you? You weren't good from start to finish. I'm
0: also very confused with the, um, the whole like potential to recover from these last few years. His first four years, they went 24 and 31, 24 and 27, 26 and 26, 31 and 26. Then in 2022, another full season, they were 27 and 26. And this year, they were 31 and 25. They're not really going upward. Like, they might win,
1: like, a game or two more. Well, it's all because a... of their non-conference schedule. Instead right. of scheduling Tennessee twice, like they did last year, they scheduled UMass Lowell. It's
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous to look at, like, total wins and not see how they've kind of failed to, to be competitive enough against top teams. I guess my thing is just, like, would any other sport get a pass? other than like like golf, for going a decade without sending a team to an NCAA regional. And it's not like field hockey either, where field hockey has like, what, the 20-team tournament or whatever it is, where it's like ridiculous to get in. If you don't get your auto bid, you're screwed because you're not in the power five. 64 teams get in the field. The Sunbelt's sending like at least three this year with the potential for five. got to put yourself in the mix. And I, I don't have any belief that they're going to do that.
1: Hey, the road to Omaha, though it, it started against ODU and it ended very quickly two days later after that. Like that was a delusional post. Yeah, I don't it's just insane that they were they were all they were essentially two and done. Like, I don't maybe maybe this is me being too pessimistic, but I don't count the play-in game as a win. Like, that's not a postseason win. To me, that was an extended regular season game that you had to win to make the tournament. And they did, and then once they made the tournament. They lost the two games they needed. They they lost. They lost two games. Arkenberry hasn't won a postseason game in a really long time. They haven't made a regional since 2011. This team has not made the NCAA postseason in over a decade. That's not acceptable. This is a team that has had MLB talent. This is a team that has had, has had professional talent. This is a team that they redesigned their entire stadium in the hopes of hosting a regional since they renovated Eagle field. They haven't sniffed the NCAA tournament. It's just, it's weird. Cause it's like,
0: what traje- trajectory were they on? And I feel like he's getting a pass because of COVID like that first COVID year in 20, 2020, when it got really cut short, they started the year getting swept by NC state. They lost a series to Ryder or sorry, they they got lost one game to Ryder lost a series to high point. Um, and then they they ended the year with a, a win over Maryland four to two uh, on the road, which was, I guess, somewhat exciting for him. And they had a, a decent team that included a chase to Latter. but it's like, I, I don't know, like they didn't really do anything. That didn't seem different than a lot of other years. It's, it's hard for me to look at what he's done and be like, yeah, this is getting turned around. It's a pretty big sample. He's been a head coach for 19 seasons, eight at JMU. I know some were cut short, but like what
1: more do you need to see to think like we're not making NCAA tournaments under the guy? I don't mean to like toot our own horn, but or at least toot my horn. I think in 2019, 2018, when we started this podcast, I was kind of going on a rampage of putting coaches on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> they included Coach O, which he has proved me very wrong, and I'm very play, happy. Yeah, they
0: played play their way the off seat.
1: Yeah, that was good for him. Congratulations to him, and uh, I apologize deeply. Apologize, Coach O, if you're listening to this. I'm sorry. I just was angry. Um, But I, I, I can marry. Hasn't? If anything, his seat was hot. It's gotten hotter, and it's on fire right now. And Jeff Bourne is watching Kurt Signetti coach a football team while one of his coaches needs to be extinguished.
0: I'd also like somebody to ask him because some of the questions to Bourne are like, "Baseball exceeded expectations." He's like, "Yeah, we're thrilled about it." Somebody's got to ask him what the expectations are. Like, why is the expectation for the baseball team to like barely get above 500 with a soft schedule when like that didn't fly for Matt Brady? That didn't fly for Lewis Rowe. Like when they were struggling, like Bourne like, Rowe was, like- has
1: more conference tournament wins than Eikenberry does
0: some of that is that he automatically
1: qualifies i guess but it's it's like i don't care (laughs) he was was the last seed every single year and would manage to pick up wins
0: i think he has three
1: wins
0: his last team won more than 20 games he had an ncaa tournament appearance when he got
1: canned like he technically has an ncaa tournament win I, but I can't count right. that because it was a playing <laughs> right. game. And if I'm not counting, I can barely explain. I can't count, can, count Brady.
0: I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's really working. I think he's going to give him another year. But to me, it's like if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament next year, start over. And it, I, they probably should have started over before. It just doesn't make any sense. In the should, they should have started no over coming out of COVID. That nobody's asking, like, why is that okay? Like, why do you think it's going to change based off of? a sample size that says it won't like that would be an interesting thing for Bourne to answer he's done a great job but sometimes he gets a little bit too revered where it's like man this guy can't do anything wrong it's like well i mean it's like a human being he's a normal person he's a he hired like, a good, he's a very good athletic director but like you could still ask him fair questions it's a fair question if marlon i can like like why is he your guy when i don't know it's also weird to be like they won 30 plus games in their first year in the sun belt it's like <laughs> no, they, they didn't, didn't win 30 Sunbelt games, right? They played some garbage
1: teams of which there are a few in the Sunbelt. They uh, if my math is correct here, they didn't win a single non-conference game against a team that wasn't in Quad 4. All of their non-conference games Who?
0: They beat they took one of 3 from South Carolina Upstate.
1: Okay. Cool. <laughs>
0: so they they went one and eight non conference uh, against Q one through three, and
1: they went eighteen and two against Quad four.
0: They beat the living crap out of Quad four teams, which doesn't really mean a lot to me. And in in an eighth year of a coach who has done it, nothing previously,
1: when you're playing in the Sun Belt,
0: you just they got to figure it out. It's frustrating, and the fact that no one questions born on it is really it, infuriating.
1: And I'm not saying JMU has to go out and be a AP top 25 consistently ranked team like Southern Miss and Coastal who won a national championship not too long ago. I'm not saying they have to be on their level. But I'm saying when Coastal comes to Harrisonburg every other year, the, the Chanticleers shouldn't just chalk that up as a two-in-one weekend.
0: They So they went, what they go, one and six against Southern Miss and Coastal this year? Yes. Because Southern Miss took four against them and like – one and they got, of them
1: was competitive. And, and they run-ruled them. them on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Some some beatdowns in that that stretch. It's You can't, I don't know, eighth year of a head coach, and you're like, we did it. We lost to UVA by one. Like, that's that's just such a, like, weird loser mindset that I feel like they had this year where it's like, hey, we hung tough with some teams. Like, no, we really hung
1: tough. That was the, their post. their the, the article Noah put out when they lost, the poll quote in his tweet was, we played really tough today. Yeah, you lost and your season's done. I would have rather you played soft and win. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous.
0: It doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's frustrating on the plus side, JMU football has added a Indiana transfer defensive back, multiple years of eligibility, former four-star prospect. We just got better in the secondary. Now can we add some pitching? we'll see that's the other thing in the past they have had some good players transfer away so I'm interested to see this offseason if they retain everyone that they're supposed to and then maybe add some more talent in because you got to get better you can't just bring back everyone and be like run it back like you got to show some sign of improvement or at least development I don't know
1: offensively at least Offensively, I mean they led the conference in batting average and if it wasn't for the (laughs) stolen base problem I think they would have had a better chance but like The pitching wasn't good this year. And like that has to improve next year. Your offense was kind of good. I mean, you were able to hang up some double digit numbers. It was good enough to compete in the sunbelt. Your pitching staff let you down at times. I I think the pitching staff has the capability to take that next step forward, but I believe only four, three or four pitchers on the staff who uh, saw appearances this year had more strikeouts than innings pitched. So only four averaged one strikeout per inning.
0: A lot of dudes pitching to contact, which can work and can, can also work very well. Can be frightening in the Sunbelt, right? Which has it can also
1: it can also put you in the top of the ninth inning. And App State blasts one down the first base line that happens to hit the bag, goes over the first baseman's head, rolls out to right field, puts up the game winning run. And then the very next hit pitch that you're pitching to contact is just jacked <laughs> into right field. I mean that can happen. And then that's a three run kind of swing with two pitches. It's it's a hard life to live. Well, anything else you got to add?
0: No, no, that's All right. it for me. We'll see what happens.
1: For Ben Benicona, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. This has been the Jamie Sports News Podcast, presented by Ben Online. We'll see. We will see. Fuck this team, man. Less than a minute. <laughs> this is gonna cut cut me cut us off as we we're complaining about Jamie. I fucking know. Jamie. I know. Fucking suck. Maybe next year they'll fire him. I hope. I hope they fire him now. They should. It'd be fucking sick if he did. It's eight fucking years of mediocrity. (laughs) You are the definition of mediocre. You have a fuck...